7.22 on a uh, Tuesday, or excuse me, a Wednesday morning after the uh, Northfield City Council met last night for the final time in uh, 2022. That means uh, budgets and levies and everything at the final approval last night. Joining us today is uh, Northfield City Administrator Ben Marnick. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, Jeff. Sorry the uh, mayor was unable to uh, make it this morning, but... Uh, you will. Uh, We've got the B team today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think uh, I think you're more than capable of handling this. Uh, let's start off. Well, let's start off with the uh, uh, budget and the levy, and kind of work our way through from there. I wasn't the only thing you did last night, but uh, the uh, budget and uh, the tax levy uh, was approved. Eighteen and a half percent increase in uh, the tax base uh, this year. Uh, let's talk about that because you had, uh, there were a lot of people, as a matter of fact, I think 10 or 12 people that uh, spoke out against it kind of late, but uh, they did anyway. What are your thoughts, you know, when you're listening to the, uh, when the, listening to the citizens, the business people come forward and talk about uh, their displeasure with that? You know, what, uh, what are your thoughts on that? How did that go? Yeah, with that, well, certainly with that. With that amount of an increase, we we knew we had to explain the why behind it, and uh, I think also recognize that timing's not great with inflation costs going up and people feeling that really in their in their pocketbook and just kind of basic costs of living, I guess, going up so significantly. Um, I think the main thing we heard was just the sensitivity to the the amount of taxes that are paid, and in particular the increases um, that are that are impacting or was being proposed, and so that's not a surprise. What what I didn't hear last night was a lot of specific concerns around any of the areas that of, of spending that we were looking at and the why behind it. Um, and that's ultimately, I think, when you get into the weeds and you work through that, we have elected representatives who've been working for six months on this staff building it from the ground up, and um, so, so that was one good thing. I heard some discussion around specific projects. I think one of the things, though, that I tried to communicate with that, too, is, is that some of those projects have no impact for next year's budget that are going on, and, and some have different funding uh, ways that they can be solved with that. So I tried to also explain that there isn't a direct correlation sometimes on these projects um, and, and maybe what the taxes they're seeing. Like, you know, one small example is some people out there thinking a liquor store project has some impacts on taxes. It doesn't. In fact, liquor store operations actually help decrease the cost to our operating funds. But there's a whole lot of detail in there. It's a $48 million total budget that we have for all of our funds. The levy's a little over $14 million. So the average tax, you know, the average property, you know, residential property in town is going to see about $5.74 going up a month per year next year. So about $1,800 a year um, that, that they'd have in total uh, total taxes that they would have related to, to services being, you know, served. You know, certainly Northfield still does remain lower, uh, low end of our peer groups in the total taxes. Our tax rates higher than uh, the average of our peer communities because our tax base is a little smaller related to the industrial side of things. And we're excited, too, about some of the opportunities in the new year that we're going to be bringing forward to hopefully um, open up more opportunities for, for growing that tax base. And I would also say uh, we, we've implemented a new long-range financial planning model that we have over well five-year plan. And so we'll be able to also be working earlier in the processes. Um, it's already a six-month process, but we can get a roll up our sleeves and do work earlier and see the policy implications over multiple years, like we've been doing for utility funds, 
which I think, I mean, even you've mentioned before, Jeff, like, okay, this is what you're doing next year. What about the years after that? And I think that's really where it makes better sense financially to be planning that way over multiple years, trying to create just some expectations around tax changes, I think is helpful too. Because again, historically, I think Northfield would be in a better position and wouldn't have had these increases had we had had some investments made uh, over time, more incremental type increases. So if you if you go a number of years at 0%, you know, revenue changes, that's not sustainable either. Um, and so I think being incremental with it is probably an approach and doing uh, more planning over time is certainly so. Um, wanted to also explain people with that when it's a six-month budget process and you get your statements late in the year, in many ways, a lot of the work's done. But we want people to be continue to be engaged because every meeting that we have with the council really kind of builds off one another, um, whether it's budgeting or whether it's these projects. Um, so, so encouraging people to follow, be involved in, um, get involved early in, in following some of our budget discussions and we'll try and communicate more in the upcoming year as well. But, um, certainly the, the council, uh, the, the levy passed on a four to two vote. We had uh, one, one that was unable to be there last evening, and then the remaining of the budget uh, items uh, passed unanimously um, after that one was completed. But um, so kind of tying tying up that uh, project and then kind of looking to the new years where we're at with the budget. Uh, ben Martig is with us, our city administrator, and uh, we have talked uh, ad nausea about this for the last few months. So I've got no further questions on that, folks. If you're, turning in, you're tuning in for uh, hardball questions, it's too late. It's already done. So there you have it. Let's move on to the next topic, shall we? All right. You've got, uh, and that is, um, you, uh, I'm looking to see where we're at here on the regular Well, agenda. I can talk a little bit about, about some <laughs> okay. mill and overlay project or some uh, reconstruction projects. Sure. We some road work, I guess, is what it is. Yeah, we got, we got road work and we got a couple of studies that we got going. So we can kick it off first with the 2023 street projects. This was just a discussion, mm-hmm. no action last night, but kind of on the south end of town, we've got reconstructions planned. Um, some miller overlays in the Sunnyview Drive area just east of Bridgewater School. Um, We'll add one missing trail section that's used by kids in that school. That area may be bid as an alternate uh, bid due to rising construction costs that we've seen. So, again, trying to look at keeping costs down and our debt. We'll be taking a look at potentially doing a little bit of d- delay on some of that. Um, we're also going to be doing mill and overlays on an area west of the middle school, including Carter and Grant Drive, an area where parents often drop kids off at school. One of the things, too, is we're... We're adding some bike networks in uh, some areas, basically adding a protected lane, keeping the same kind of street width, but um, removing parking on one side in some case and creating kind of a buffered uh, cycle track uh, to be able to really what we're trying to do is have, you know, families, kids, all users be able to feel safe to to ride their bikes. Um, It's good for your health, mental health. It gets kids to school. Kids are happier if they can get around to our parks in the summertime and also there is a benefit to traffic as well. One of the common things we hear as concerns is uh, speeds of traffic in neighborhoods. And so by narrowing the lane and creating the curb, it will naturally also lead to vehicles slowing down um, with that as well. So design does matter when it comes to safety and um, vehicle speeds. And vehicle speeds is ultimately what leads to fatalities and death and or serious injury to people as well. So I, th- I think that there's some multiple benefits. Now, there are some areas we got to figure out how to manage that is one, there might be some areas that we still need parking. So like Tyler park was discussed off of Roosevelt. Um, you know, we do have people that drive there and there is no parking lot for it. So could we design in some 
some parking or pull the the bike trail off of the street and into the park area for that section like we've done in another area of town so we want to be smart about it but um it can be also really wasteful for taxpayer dollars if we have unused large parking lanes that are just pavement you know not only is it expensive but it also increases speeds of traffic so we're going to be working through some of those things we did hear from residents since this is new uh, where's our garbage can can going to go if we have kind of a curb out here and how wide is it going to be by my you know uh into my driveway so we're going to have to work through some of those de- details on education and we'll provide gaps within the system to be able to fit those things in but mm-hmm. this was kind of an initial discussion on that and we did have a neighborhood meeting where there was a lot of feedback in particular on that Roosevelt Drive area um and um in January, we'll be coming back with action related to the 2023 uh, projects. Now, will the uh, the residents of that area and the general public still have uh, more opportunities to uh, uh, voice concerns, uh, opposition, or support, or whatever whatever they may have? Yeah, absolutely. So and I don't remember if it's the first or second meeting in January, but we'll be coming back, and that would be definitely an opportunity. There will be multiple approvals still along the way with it. So more more information to come on that one, I guess. And there was an area, too, that potentially is getting delayed off of Prairie, and um, we know that the, there's a bike plan through that area, and the golf course um, has a lot of off-street parking in that area. And so we need to do some engagement directly with the leadership of the golf course, too, to talk about how that might impact them or there are ways to mitigate that um, or, or do we consider some design changes so that'll be happening as well but that section also is, is likely to be moved back and reprogrammed um, in our schedule due to some of the construction cost increases. Once again, City Administrator uh, Ben Martig is uh, with us. Uh, we're talking right now about uh, street reconstruction projects uh, for next year, road projects. Um, I'm looking through the <laughs> well, let's talk, track of which, where, where we were at. Yeah, let's talk, about, let's talk about Lincoln Parkway. Lincoln so, Parkway, okay. yeah, over uh, talking about streets. When the elementary school was built uh, in 2019 for Greenville, we did a traffic study that was required um, by a consultant by the school to determine impacts. And we, we did see that, you know, it was in the middle of the pandemic. And also, we didn't know exactly how that would impact traffic flow, uh, of course, with the community school that th- it's there as well. And we have identified some traffic concerns raised by the, the neighborhood and, and others. So we did implement some temporary bump outs, um, added some no parking and changed, changed some of the way that we did the pickup and did some um, driver feedback signs along Lincoln Parkway related to speed. And then the police department's done some additional training on crossing guards. So that's helped. But we think there's still some issues that can maybe be improved, particularly on pickup times. It gets congested, Mm -hmm. gets a little messy down there. And so the school's doing some updated traffic analysis themselves. And then the city council approved um, some substantial design work to look at how would a bikeway go through there. Um, Kind of talking about kids getting to school. That is a planned bike route. Uh, design concepts for safely crossing uh, kids. We are going to have that new development of the Craywood project opening up too. So we know we're going to be having a new sidewalk on the other side of the road. How do we, you know, have safe crossings added there? How might we improve traffic operations at Greenville Elementary, including might be operational changes with the school on how they handle the internal traffic on the start and stop. So um, that'll be a study kind of going through the spring and coming back with recommendations. We did get a grant to do some um, demonstration projects through mm-hmm. the state health grant funding that we get called CHIP funds. Um, so we are planning to do a demonstration hopefully in the spring based on some of the things that we learn with that. So 
that was a, a major study that's kind of been following through from past projects that's going to be making some progress. Mm-hmm. Um, City Administrator Marting is with us. Um, let me see where we, we have the uh, reclamation overlay project for the feasibility report. Yeah, so yeah. let's talk more about the uh, um, back on the uh, Jeffrey, or excuse me, Highway 246. We are also mm-hmm. doing a study on that section of roadway. So down by the high school, middle school. Um, and then even out to Woodley Street to Highway 3, um, we're going to be initiating a study. There had been discussion by Rice County about requesting a turn back from the state of Minnesota from a state road, state highway to county or city. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cooled off at the county level, um, but the state still is entertaining that idea. So by having an identified design needs uh, in advance of that can end up translating to millions of dollars more that we could potentially be eligible for if that turn back turns out now that might or might not happen um so it would make sense to do that if the turn back happens but we also know there's some added benefit of doing some studying of that regardless because it's a major growth area we're going to see more development happen so by being proactive on intersection connections ford street's going to eventually connect in how do we have that connection be done safely when that housing development connects through we're expecting that to happen in the next few years hopefully um we also know that along Woodley Street, there are no pedestrian uh, sidewalks at all in a certain section. I drive that route every day um, to, to work, and uh, I see pedestrians every day uh, walking out in the street. That's not safe, and we need to do better related to providing safety, and it, the state should be responsible for that. Um, so trying to also get the the state to accelerate the, the need for that pedestrian safety and also the surface conditions are deteriorating dr- dramatically on the pavement as well. And so and what area is this again? You mentioned Woodley, <laughs> um, but you were talking about 246. Yeah, so, so the state it? highway goes from Highway 3 at Woodley, and then mm-hmm. it goes up to Division, and then you go south down 246. So mm-hmm. that, that section all the way down to County Road 1. Okay. I think also... At, County Road 1, when the county did their reconstruction project, they didn't do the intersection, but I think they also identified that that intersection probably needs some changes over time as well. Um, so we'll be evaluating um, what to do at that intersection. We also know the high school is looking at potentially a plan to reconstruct there, and we've done some nice enhancements to the uh, safety there, but as it relates to the entrances to the high school, I think there's still room for opportunity at the high school and the middle school for better intersection controls to improve traffic flow, to improve safety, vehicular safety, as well as to improve uh, pedestrian safety uh, for students as well. So hopefully by being proactive, we'll have a plan. And then as things come up, we can implement the plan, whether that's the state doing the work, whether it's the city doing connections with our roadway. So it's some dollars that's being spent earlier, but it should bring greater clarity in the future on what we need to do related to that roadway uh, for improvements. You mentioned uh, the county has kind of cooled on uh, the idea. Uh, tell us about that. What, what, what are their concerns and why are they suddenly, I don't know, suddenly cool, but why have they cooled? My understanding is is that um, one of the things that happens if the county were to have taken a turn back is there are dollars based on the condition of the roadway that would go to the county, and they had an interest in using some of those dollars for a unrelated project um, to fund some um, maintenance building needs that they had. Now, I would argue that the money, if they had gotten it, should have been put directly into the roadway, so it shouldn't have been something looked at anyway, but that was what I was told, that the county had been looking at those to be able to use for a different project um, mm-hmm. that, that would have some cash that they would have available. So, again, um, 
I, I'm a little, uh, I'm not disappointed that that didn't play out that way. And I think there are better ways that we can invest in that, in that road system. State Administrator Martin, once again, is with us now. We have about one minute. Uh, I guess we have a little more time. Tim uh, McNiff is not in this morning, so we, we can uh, talk a little bit longer. Uh, what else, uh, are, anything else to add to the, uh, the 2023 project? Well, let me talk uh, maybe on the um, consent agenda. We had a couple of things, and then I'd like to wrap up at the end to talk about an open house we have for the public. Okay. Uh, maybe we could close with that one. But um, we did have... Uh, uh, some changes related to um, donations from the colleges that we receive every year. We've been fortunate to receive a annual voluntary donation from Carleton and St. Olaf. Some refer to it as the payment in lieu of taxes. Um, they do have taxable properties, but they also have non-taxable properties. The city council did approve a policy that basically puts those dollars directly into our parks fund. We know that our parks need more dollars, and so the this year we received 160000 uh, in total between both of them. Um, and then so in future years, that'll go directly into the park system to help out um, maintaining our park system. What uh, do, are, are, do they use other services provided by the city? Well, certainly, um, you know, we there's all kinds of things. Students kind of do flow into our community and take advantage of things. And so our library is heavily utilized by students. I would say, um, you know, our park system to a certain degree has some use. Um, there's probably some traffic impacts with it. Certainly our fire department, um, is it works closely with them, is actually expanding some of our prevention mm-hmm. and response uh, with them. And then uh, public safety does get involved from a police side, too, as you got students, and sometimes students end up running into problems, and so we work with their security pretty regularly. So Mm -hmm. these aren't just islands on their own. Our our colleges are really integrated with our community, even though they're kind of on the fringes. Everybody knows they're really kind of intertwined with the fabric of our community. Do the uh, services they use, uh, are they above or below the (laughs) $80,000? There's the tough question. Yeah, it's it's been pretty... (laughs) Pretty, um, it seems pretty light on a forty-eight million dollar uh, annual budget, <laughs> right? Well, for two, somebody who owns, you know, a third of the real estate here in town. Yeah, the contribution's been the same for quite some period of time. That might be something that we explore further with them. But I, I would also say people aren't aware either. They are pretty high taxpayers in the city because some of their properties are um, taxable that they have. So if they lease property, if there's properties that aren't directly related to like student housing and or their educational uh, buildings uh, they do pay taxes on some of those so they are there are some major ones but certainly something that we'll have some conversations with them on in the future good luck <laughs> um uh, where were we at now i'm sorry i interrupted you no that's fine i was just going to talk about um one of the other things that's kind of exciting that was uh, probably f- flew under the radar because we ate up three hours on our other agenda items it was on the consent is we're continuing to make progress on the milltown state trail through town. We previously designed 30% construction design documents through the entire corridor through the community. And there's, there's significant progress being made in Dakota County to connect up to Lake Billsby. If we got there, you'd be able to get on a bike from Northfield to Billsby to Cannon Falls to Redwood Falls on a really beautiful trail. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's progress being made there. The, the, the staff at, Min, or at the DNR did get an additional $300,000 that opened up from some other funds. That the council approved an agreement last night that would get to full construction document design for probably about half of that trail that's remaining in town, um, which is significant progress. And then the agreement was written to be able to add in additional dollars should they become available. 
concurrently with that, we are seeking capital construction dollars for the state of Minnesota. Yesterday, they announced the largest surplus in the state of Minnesota history with the budget that they have. We also haven't done a budget, a bonding bill in over two sessions, which is very uncommon. So we also know there is pent-up demand for infrastructure improvements across the state of Minnesota. We're seeking about $7 million from the state to help fully build out the Milltowns Trail. It will help us locally to improve our biking network that we're talking about throughout through the community we'll have great connections into our downtown um, but then longer term we can focus on these connections to Faribault to the south which you could go all the way to Mankato and then like I talked about earlier going north really would be a great experience for economic development I think our community would benefit from uh, these great trails frankly I think it could be one of the best trails in the state of Minnesota if we can get that completed so um, that was another kind of exciting one that was kind of tucked into our consent agenda, even though uh, we had some other things that we needed to talk about in greater detail at the uh, council level. All right. You also mentioned there is an open house coming up. Yeah, I really want to encourage people annually. Um, we do a holiday social and appreciation reception. Uh, the city council saying thank you, boards and commissions, staff, and the general public's encouraged to attend. So Tuesday evening. 5 to 7 o'clock at the reunion. Uh, they're normally closed, but they're gonna be, we're going to be opened up on the upper level, so we encourage people to come in. We'll have some appetizers, uh, refreshments, cash bar, um, and it's a chance to kind of rub elbows, talk to us. If, if you want to talk budget and uh, get into it there, we'll be there. Um, if you want to come and just socialize, um, hopefully we'll be able to say thank you to our two outgoing council persons, uh, Councillor Graybaugh, who's been on the council um, is, is moving on. And then, uh, Sean Allen, who's been on six month kind of temporary appointment. He's done a great job, uh, send them off and say thank you. And then hopefully we might see our two new incoming council people too, to meet. Uh, so really want to encourage people to come, um, come, come and see us at the reunion, uh, on Tuesday evening. It's a week uh, this coming Tuesday. That's so right. Be, uh, six yep. days from now. Yep. I look Tuesday. forward to that. All right. I, I'm going to take you up on that offer. All right. And I'm not going to talk tax. <laughs> We've done enough of that. Ben, thank you so much for coming in. All much right. Appreciate Thanks, it. And we'll talk to you again. Uh, I don't know if you're going to be in uh, sometime during the holidays or the course of the next few weeks, but uh, certainly uh, if we don't see you, have a, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Same, same to you, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Northfield City Administrator Ben Marding.